Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy's Show and Tell. Uh, Show and Tell is the show where we like to bring on a cool guest, or in this case, cool guests, talk about something cool that they're working on. And today's cool guests are Alex and Charlie of Feral Studio uh, Games. And we're going to be talking about Zine Month. All right. So uh, welcome, Alex and Charlie. Hello. Hello. Uh, before we get uh, too far into it, all right. So you all are Feral Studio Games, right? Uh, Feral Indie Studio. Feral Indie Studios. All right. Yeah, I'll get it right. You know? <laughs> no worries. Okay. Uh, so okay. So Feral Indie Studios. All right. So what I like to do before we really start talking about Zine Month, uh, I want to get to know you all, and then also what is Feral Indie Studios. So I guess the real start things off then. Uh, let's talk about who is who's who's Alex and Alex. Uh, what do you do in tabletop RPGs? Um, well, my full name is Alex Coggin, and primarily I am an artist. Um, I do write a little bit on the side, and I am a major uh, bouncing wall for a lot of the titles that we come up for come up with um but uh mostly an artist um i work semi-realistic style with a very big emphasis on portraiture mainly in the fantasy genre okay that's cool i have to ask you then so i know that i I maybe i'm jumping the gun here Uh, so (laughs) so you all did uh into the weird, into the weird and wild. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So, Alex, I assume did you do a lot of art for that game? Then I have a couple pieces in there. Uh, I did the painting of the Lady of Broken Branches, and okay. I did the illustration for the Wheeled Sirens. Okay, so those, yeah, I know those two are mine. Mm-hmm. The art in that game, I'm sure you all have heard this. It's just, <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah, it's different with the muted colors and everything. I just love it. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and then, uh, Charlie, what about yourself? Uh, for me, uh, I, while Alex does a lot more, like, realistic and, uh, stuff with very, like, how would you, what's the word I was using earlier today? Polish. Lots of <laughs> polish. Uh, mine tends to be a lot more raw, I would argue, unfinished in a way. Um, some people have gone so far as to say I'm a bit more of, like, a a horror artist or like kind of creepy stuff, but I prefer to think of myself as much more like haunting artwork. Um, stuff that like admittedly is a little bit spooky, but it's more so trying to like evoke a feeling than look polished. And that's uh, maybe just because I don't know how to make it look polished. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So I like to pick things out of what uh, our guests say. So one of the things you just said something, all right, you try to evoke a feeling. All right. So how important is it for, in your opinion, for an RPG to evoke a particular feeling at the table? Uh, you know, this kind of a weird thing because that's some, that's sort of new territory for like a lot of like the independent role-playing game scene where, um, not to be too critical of, like, a lot of, like, the larger products, especially for 5th edition Pathfinder, but they're much more about, like, the surface. This is about, like, a fantasy world and things, you know, the things that happen within it. Where in a lot of, like, the independent role-playing scene, you have stuff like Morkborg, which is supposed to invoke that, like, kind of, like, 
goofy, um, over-the-top grindhouse, like, metal feeling. Um, then you've got a bunch of, like, these solo journaling games that are much more about, like, trying to sort of, in a way, understand yourself. Um, and then even in my case, like, at least for me, I did Fast in the Dark, which was uh, technically an exploration of depression in a way. But, um, mm-hmm. uh, so, to me, it's important. Um, and I think it's kind of like... I guarantee back in like the seventies and eighties, they were doing that with the games, but like, it's now kind of coming back into the Renaissance with, um, all these like do it yourself productions. Yeah. And I think that's kind of leads me. I want to talk. So obviously before we talk about zine month, like I want to ask you all, what is a zine? Because I think with, with zines, it gives us an opportunity. There's so many flavors now. All right. So obviously it's a big question. There's a, people have lots of different, uh, definitions of it, but, to you all so what is a what's a tabletop rpg zine we've kind of workshopped that and we've come pretty much <laughs> to the determination that um because it's a very interesting question because you're right it's very nuanced a lot of people have different opinions uh for us it is a small publication for role-playing games about multiple facets including role systems settings characters environments and you know invoking that feeling so that is what the spirit of a zine is physically yeah physically it can be anything from like usually it's like a little you know it's a piece of paper folded in half x amount of pages stapled stitch etc um but the stick of that is because it's very cheap to make and arguably anybody can make it anybody can kind of put their own personal touch to it and once again that goes kind of right back to the whole like evoking a feeling um your zine can be as simple as like, you know, oh, it's just full of a bunch of like new magic spells. Or it can kind of be about a, you know, setting that is very near and dear to you and almost a psychological landscape in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love just the different types of printing processes that they've been using. That just the different foldouts, what what size paper you're using, like you were saying, stitched or stapled. I have my own personal preference. I love stitched books. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's different costs there and everything, but all right. So this is my, I also, I, I like to do this stuff too. Like I just throw, throw stuff out there for guests or anybody listening. You know what? I, I really want this. I, what I want is, you know, like one of those, this may exist. You all can tell me, you know, like old road stop travel maps, like where it like small and then folds out really big oh yeah, yeah. and you can never fold it back to the <laughs> yeah shape. exactly mm-hmm. i want a zine in that print format <laughs> i feel like somebody has done that i know somebody. trifolds are still pretty popular um but the shtick with it is that uh another thing in regards to the size and shape and weight is they have to be small enough to ship through the mail <laughs> um, oh, okay and yeah. unfortunately with like the the very big well, first off, it's a lot of money to print on like a uh, map size thing and then fold it down each time. So it would be but, cool, though. Yeah, it would be really would be cool. cool. Um, it would be cool. So I don't know there's so many different things you can do. So now that we kind of have a little bit of an idea of this, what a zine is, would you say now let's talk about who Feral Indie Studios are? Do you all primarily do zines? Do you do more traditional RPG books? Tell us, tell us a little bit about uh, Feral Indie Studios. Well, I will say that we we like to dip our toes in a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. We have obviously done zines for now three years, going on three years. Technically four if you include our comic stint. True, true. <laughs> yeah, four years with produ- producing our own titles. 
Uh, but we, you know, obviously Into the Weird and Wild cannot be called a zine. Is It no. is a full book. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we are working on a continuation of the series. There will be two more books in the Into series that will be published through uh, Wet Ink. So we do dip our toes into a couple different um formats formats yeah, yeah yeah we do books we do zines we've done comics uh-huh. we do art packs um we're also uh like to be blunt we're freelance illustrators so uh we're also like constantly doing work for like clients etc and uh yeah it just happens to be like feral indie studios just like kind of the the niffing pole that we uh stand behind <laughs> <laughs> yes that's so yeah i mean I, obviously being in that artistic pursuits that you all are, I'm sure like doing a variety of different things just helps keep it fresh then. Yes. Uh, yes. That's important. Very important. <laughs> I can imagine. So then let, so what is, what's, what, all right. So what's zine month then? Uh, should we start with how it started or should we yeah. just like, <laughs> let's talk about how it started. Cause I think this is, I think this is interesting. Uh, how it started. I want after you tell me how it started, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of give you my take on how I think it started too. Well, uh, oh god, do you want to take this? Because yeah, it's kind of well, funnier from your perspective. <laughs> it is. Um, so right after Kickstarter pretty much announced that they were toying with the uh, blockchain and cryptocurrency, um, at that time Charlie sold a day job, and so when he came home from his day job. <laughs> He rushed up to the studio where I was working and he was just like, they're moving their crypto. We have to do something. And I was just like, okay. And uh, pretty much that night, the like the outline for what would eventually become Zine Month had been conceived. And it was then built upon and built upon and built upon, obviously, not just by our hands, but everybody else's as well. Um then it got yeah. even more complicated because <laughs> after we had set it up that it's like, okay, if Kickstarter, there was um kind of a lot of like chitter chatter that like Kickstarter might not be doing zine quest this year. Um, mm-hmm. and this was, has been kind of a constant thing that um they started with when they did Kickstarter about like one, three years ago. Um, like it was, I don't think they expected it to be as big of a deal it was, but it eventually turned into kind of a piece of infrastructure for the independent role-playing game scene, which ended up being a bit of a problem um, because then this year uh, they decided that they were going to move it to August. Um, And we didn't know about that until the middle of January. But as we were putting together zine month, we didn't even know that. Um, we had just heard that, like, you know, yeah, it's kind of weird that they haven't mentioned anything about Zine Quest. Um, so the plan was that if they don't announce Zine Quest or don't promote it, then we'll do Zine Month in February. Otherwise, we'll wait until March. And then the news broke that they had shifted it all the way to August. So we're like, okay, well, we gotta do this now. Yeah, because so many independent creators had come to rely on that boost of uh, revenue during the spring quarter and to just say oh we're not going to do it anymore regardless of where you stand on the cryptocurrency um, blockchain technology market if they don't have money in their pocket they're not making anything like they, they rely on that boost of income so it was kind of important 
from a financial point of view for a lot of these independent creators that there be an event regardless. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we kind of just, there was like a void and we just tried to step up and and fill it the best of our abilities. Yeah. And more so than that, fill it up in a way that was not just about, not just about making money, but also about like educating and how can Mm -hmm. we, how can we take the best parts of zine quest and make it better? And Mm -hmm. I, think we kind of did something <laughs> yeah yeah we're trying our best <laughs> yeah it's it's interesting okay so i mean there's a lot to unpack there a few things here i i think it's really interesting that you all already had were planning to do zine month before it was announced that zine quest was going to be shifted because yes that was a mid-january for mm-hmm. also this is the yep. i love this is the show on our channel where I get to be opinionated. All right. So I, it's the, yeah, for them to just drop that in January, two weeks before uh, was just, it was just with, between all the other missteps recently, it just really did feel like a gut punch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was glad to see that there was an alternative because me personally, I'm not a, I'm by no means a RPG designer or anything i just like talking to designers and i've got a lot of them are my friends so whenever i see something bad that happens to them it's like mm-hmm. oh that's that sucks so you all were working on zine month then how how far back have, when did you start when did you start thinking about zine month was it when the crypto news broke it was literally the the evening that they announced that mm-hmm. um so they made mm-hmm. the they made the press release that they were going to be working with clio and um you know, we have our own feelings about cryptocurrency and mm-hmm. blockchain technology, and a lot of people in, like, the independent scene also do. And so it became kind of like a lot of us, like, you know, kind of came to the conclusion of, like, we can't, like, you know, just, um, what's the word? <sighs> it presented an ethical dilemma of we can either, you know, use cryptocurrency, well, we can use Kickstarter and kind of perpetuate like them possibly mm-hmm. using that or we can not use kickstarter but also risk a very very harsh financial hit yeah especially because part of what zemo was there to do was not to replace kickstarter that's one of the goals it's not there to replace it it is there to decentralize that whole idea so that people can fund wherever they would like but you can come and find all of that stuff in one area because one platform is not the way for this community to function healthily. Cause then, cause who's to say what will happen next if we just jump from one platform to the next, you know, like you, you can't put all f- eggs in one basket, you know, like nope. that's just not good financials, you know, talk. It's not safe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it really, it really isn't. So then I want to ask you about this um, and we'll, talk a little bit more about some of the more specifics about zine month here but when you talk about kickstarter and decentralization ideally if we lived in an ideal world what would you like what would you all like to see as far as a tabletop rpg funding ecosystem i know this wasn't on the list of questions i sent you um so what would you like to see a little complicated, but I do see the inklings of at least, um, I don't think there's ever going to be a perfect system, but I do see something happening right now that I really want to bring attention to, and that is actually um, co-op work. 
So currently there is something called Chatbook Co-op that released um, a little bit after uh, Zine Month became a thing. It's a group of distributors, small independent distributors, including uh, Spearwitch, Loot the Room, Monkey's Paw Games, and Ratto and Canty. I believe that's the last one. They're based all across the world, and they have set up a program where, rather than having to go directly to a printer or a funding site, etc., etc., instead, you basically each side, the distributor and the creator, put up a certain amount of money to get a print run funded, and then the distributor ships them out, does whatever they need to to get them to people. And that, I think, is like one of the, like, if we can have more of that, where instead of, like, us having to go to a company to get our funding, get our money, and a, like, larger company, instead we can keep it within the community. Um, instead, we can just go to, like, the distributors that we know. I mean, I, I'm on a first-name bank basis with Monkey's Paw Game and Loot the Room at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, if we can do that and get more of that and have more, like, those kind of logistical networks for distributing our zines and all of that, not only will it be healthier, but it'll also create like a sense of community. And uh, yeah, I want more of that. I want more co-op resources. It's kind of interesting too, because I think about my my day job and all of the various uh, almost industrial type co-ops and organizations that I have in my regular life. I just don't see those yet in tabletop RPGs. And I know that it's a I mean, it's been around for a while, but really, it's a pretty young industry, and things are changing so quickly. So, I yeah, I mean, I, that would be cool. And I don't, I don't see like how it would, how that sort of co op would work right now. But I'm glad that that's something that you, as designers, you all can see a light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. potentially for this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then, so one of the goals of Zine Month then is not only to uh, provide access to consumers like myself for these zines, but to also educate uh, creators. Mm-hmm. So, what are some things that you're you want to educate creators and and help other designers with when it comes to Zine Month and tabletop RPGs? Well, we first off decided like when we were going to create the site that would host all of these things that a resource page was a complete and utter necessary. And we talked a lot about what needed to be on it. And funny enough, we got emails from people who just wanted to know what a zine was. So (laughs) (laughs) we really did start at the bottom and work our way up. And one of the most like powerful parts of this entire system has actually been our discord channel and the fact that it more or less symbolizes very open lines of communication and with the community. So the community can talk to each other. They can like bring up um, questions. And one of the most beautiful things that we have found is that the community stepped up and there are different, um, Workshop. Workshops going yeah. <laughs> on covering a myriad of different subjects. There's everything from layout to printing, how to do press kits, how to market your things, you know. The importance of a spot sheet. <laughs> yes, there's so many things. And so that education is like hand in hand with like getting something funded, getting something printed, getting something shipped. It's, it's kind of... The whole cycle is right there. It's all one big happy family. Mm-hmm. 
So then, so that's from the creator side. So what about somebody who just wants to play games or buy games or look at games? How does Zine Month work for somebody like myself then? I think it also just kind of like presents, like it gets to show you um, rather than like going to say just Kickstarter and thinking like this is where, kick, you know, Kickstarter, Kickstarter is the place where funds games. Instead, it kind of like, Basically, it, like, you know, takes you down to the path less traveled and shows you, like, I mean, you know, we have over a hundred zines, a hundred projects on there right now, and there's going to be another dozen tomorrow morning uh, <laughs> and another dozen the morning after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to a, uh, without sounding too crass, to a consumer, um, it, like, kind of shows you, like, you know, just how much is out there. And how yeah. much and where you can buy it and who you can, you know, follow. And so it's kind of more about like, you know, yeah, basically like showing you the other side of town that, you know, maybe you haven't seen before and doesn't really get a whole lot of spotlight. Yeah. Plus, one of the biggest pitfalls with Kickstarter was that it is not accessible in certain parts of the world. Zemo hopes to shine an equal spotlight on those creators that pretty much Kickstarter said, I'm sorry, we don't take your currency or however shipping or whatever this imaginary problem that we've cooked up. Zemo says, here's some other places you can get funded and you can sit right beside everybody else and be equal and have your time to shine. Like we have multiple languages on the site now. I actually got one in uh, Tokipona too. Oh which boy. Is, uh... Uh... <laughs> So there is, um, that's more like it, it's globalizing it so that the consumer can see everything that there is to offer, not just what one company says you can look at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very, in- it's very interesting. The, I, I appreciate the simplicity of the site. Um, and I'm trying to, like, I was trying to think of a, some another ecosystem or site that I could think of that it reminds me of. All right. And. Don't hate me if this this example is terrible, but I was it kind of reminded me of like Pinterest almost in the sense that there's all of these different you have all the different pictures of all the different covers. You click on it and then there's an option to follow the link out to the site on where where it was. And it was just it's very clean. Uh, it's, so I appreciated it. Yeah. So. Wow, I didn't even think it really is just Pinterest. Yeah, like, it is. It's interesting. Well, big, you, big, you all made Pinterest for yeah. games. There we do. Yeah. Uh, well, big out shout out to Mike, who is yes. our web designer. He put his extra time and love and effort into it. And we're still making tweaks and updates to the interfaces as we go. Because, you know, we, we get a lot of suggestions. And we do encourage them to come to our email so that we can listen to them and, you know, try to serve the community as best we can. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, thank um, you, Mike. Yeah, I, th- I do believe with the site simple is better where Mm -hmm. and not to bring it back to kickstarter but kickstarter has an algorithm built into it it is made to show the projects that are going to get the most money because that money goes to kickstarter at least you know a cut and by completely democratizing it like we have and we are considering like throwing a couple more settings um about how to organize the pages but it's like we have the tags we have alphabetical and we have the newest to oldest and that's it it's not by like who's got the most money it's not by who's got the most production value you know names and Mm -hmm. when you got there yeah you don't have an uh uh 
a completely objective um, projects we love. Yes. Projects we love. We rolled a number on a, on a chart. I got no problem throwing this out there. So, yeah. Okay. No, so I, I, I like it. So thinking about uh, Zine Month then. All right. Are there, what's, what do you all have cooking for Zine Month as far as Feral Indie Studios? You Is there anything like that you're like, oh, this is awesome that we've made? Oh, okay. Well, I, I will Tell say we, we do have to remain somewhat impartial about like other projects, but at the same time, we do need to kind of hawk our zines because we've got, <laughs> yeah, we got bills to pay. Um, but uh, do you want to go first? Or? Uh, sure, sure. Okay. Um, I have written and illustrated a zine that it's still in the works, almost finished, I promise. Uh, it is called Trail with No Name. It is a Western nomadic themed uh, zine that reimagines how mounts work. Uh, if you open the 5e book, there is one paragraph about your mount in the entirety of that big, beautiful, overpriced book. And yep. <laughs> and that just simply really wasn't good enough, in my opinion. Uh, so this scene looks at the mounts, calls them trail companions, gives not only statistics and, you know, carry weights and things of that nature, but it also treats them as a secondary character to your first, you know, your, your, the writer to that mm-hmm. character as well. So you are not just going on an adventure by yourself. You're going on an adventure with your trail companion. Um, certain ones are better for certain things. Obviously. Um, I showed artwork today on my Twitter of the dire goose and its writer. And <laughs> I'm going to say di- dire goose are not for everybody. Dire geese, geeses are not for everybody. Um, but there is a myriad of different trail companions. I think I have 15 at this point. There might be more. Um, so it, it looks at that. It has a little bit about what traveling on the trail is like. Uh, adversaries, encounters, weather, terrain, those things to be expected. Um, so yeah, that's that's what my zine is about. <laughs> and uh, mine Sounds is called cool. As the Gods Demand. And it is a uh, deconstruction of the cleric class. Or the cleric, the priest, the mystic, etc. Uh, one thing that's been kind of like popping up here and there in uh, the OSR and smaller like indie scene is the idea of uh, no classes, as in, um, you know, which, and I am very much preferential to that, but the problem is like, how do you make the cleric class not a class? And so I built this entire system about how to serve these gods and get these miracles and powers. Uh, I made eight individual gods, each with their own domains, their own kind of like sort of weird idiosyncrasies. And then I also am including a bit on um, because I (laughs) a lot of the people who play the stuff I make tend to have more lethal adventures. Um, Character death is not the end. There's actually you can technically still serve after death as a a little a little relic. (laughs) Uh, with magical powers. Um, okay. So, you know, your thumb bone can go ahead and serve the party in the afterlife. And, uh, yeah, it's been wild to put together. And I think my favorite part has been some of the just, like, weird esoteric research for it. And the, in my opinion, metal illustrations I've been doing for the thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I saw that one. I think I saw that cover on there. And this is, yeah, it's very metal. Yes. So... <laughs> So I got to ask you all then. So what are some I want I'm interested to see if I have any crossover with you all. What are some 
what's maybe one or two zines on zine month? Obviously, there's a lot of great ones, but if you're looking at them, like, what's one that for you personally was like, oh, this looks really cool? <sighs> Court of Exiles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's also she, another. It's a, uh, what, another of our titles that a friend of ours, she just released, um, yes. that is essentially fantasy RPG Taskmaster. Yeah, and, if you've heard of that show. <laughs> yeah, it's basically pretty much exactly how it sounds yeah you um it is a it is this world ruled by these demigods and you have to complete these like strange weird inane tasks uh for them to either be granted um powerful boons or escape with your soul uh michelle's artwork is phenomenal mm -hmm. and just she did uh the artwork for season of the moth which was one of our titles from last year and she went like above and beyond with Court of Exiles. There are these handmade maps that she has made in it that it's like the map's a tree and the different branches are different areas of this map. It's it's quite ingenious in my opinion. I was furious. <laughs> I know because she did it so well. I was furious how good it was. <laughs> um, the uh, I will say with the other zines, so Alex gave one. I told myself I was going to remain impartial because we are, you know, technically the arbiters of the zine month site but <laughs> we're human if yeah if i had to pick one that i've seen recently i know um there is so it's set in modern day um for a system called liminal whore uh which is kind okay. of like it's almost like the um cthulhu mythos role-playing game except um everyone's broke and it's 1990 uh <laughs> Oh, wow, um, okay. <laughs> and there's there's no there's no Lovecraftian monsters, just like you know horrors that no human could possibly understand, which is almost more Lovecraftian. But um, Goblin Archives has put together a game called The Mall, and it is an adventure oh, setting. Yeah. It is an adventure setting for the game Liminal <laughs> Horror, and it is this phenomenal. I believe how it's been described is it's a crossover between um, the thing. And mall rats. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And um, it is some of the creepiest, weirdest, but also goofiest um, adventure storytelling I've seen in a long time. And I cannot wait to get my grubby little hands on it. <laughs> yeah, I saw Kurt Russell in the description for that one. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So I think, so two that really stood out to me. All right. So I so I saw one that was called a Crush Death Depth apparition yes which is a it's a submarine haunted submarine with a hex crawl and i was like what uh like that's one of the things i just love about zines is that there's just so there's just such a so many different very specific things that you can get out of them mm -hmm. and that's great for somebody who, who loses interest in things very quickly so I get to try so much new things. The other one that I saw, which is actually what is Monkey Paw Games, was Chalice. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So I've I've recently really got into uh, solo journaling games thanks to last year's Zine Quest with the game Artifact uh, yeah. by uh, by um, Mousehole Games, mm -hmm. uh, and where you it's a solo it's a journaling game where you journal about like you're a sword and you journal about that. Mm -hmm. But uh, with Chalice, I saw it was a soul. It's a journaling game where you're doomed knights looking for the grail. And I, 
love that sort of game where you kind of know, you know what the end is going to be. You know that it's going to be, you're not going to, you're not going to be successful. It's very melancholy. And so I feel like knowing the end can kind of help you craft your journey in a certain way. So I just love that so much. It's, it's by, it's by monkey's paw. You will not be disappointed. Um, they do quality work. I I think you might actually find some of, our work. I don't know if it'll be in that one. Uh, no. So basically, um, we uh, we release art packs and uh, monkeys. Paw okay. For basically, they're a way for if you are low on a budget, you can um, you know pick up an art pack and get some art for your publication, your virtual tabletop, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, so I think some of our art might actually. Yeah, Mon- monkeys Paw has been very good to us. So. Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> Okay, so this is actually a question I have because I think art packs are awesome if you're a designer on a budget. So uh, you say you've done art packs. Where can where can people go? Somebody wants to make a game. Where can they go to find art packs? Um, for us personally, um, so Alex, your, uh, your itch page is... Alex Coggin Art. Alex Coggin Art at itch.io. And uh, mine is Feral Indie Studio at itch.io. Um, so we have a couple of art packs there. And I believe uh, Drive Through RPG also has some, um, mm-hmm. but um, unfortunately, I can't think of like a single repository that's like you know art pack like art pack yeah. for games dot com or something yeah. like that. But um, mm-hmm. if you look around, you will find it, mm-hmm. and there's yeah. plenty of stuff being made. Yeah, it's definitely it's the it's the way to go. There's so much cool stuff. So so another thing that I wanted to ask you about for. You all have been doing this for a while. You've you've had it. You've had some successful games. For somebody who's really wants to make games, um, they're doing Zine Month. What are some ways that they can get their game out into the zeitgeist? You know, get people talking about it. Is there stuff that people can do? Tricky. Um, it is. The issue is that you have to. <sighs> part of it is like a little bit of like lightning in a bottle. Like sometimes it just happens. Like I would argue some of the luck, like we had with um, like vast in the dark season of the moth and stuff like that. A little bit of that was lightning in the bottle. Um, you know, whether we will capture that again is to be seen, but on the other side, there is a lot of stuff that you, I don't want to say can do in that like sort of like, Oh, this is what you do to make money. But things acts of goodwill that do pay off and some of those are like uh community copies word of mouth um and interviews uh, <laughs> yeah but it's also just like you know building connections with like a lot of the people who are part of the scene mm-hmm. and doing it in an honest way um you know like we're promoting our stuff but we've also got like, you know, friends and pals who are creators who are also promoting our stuff and we're promoting their stuff. And that's kind of like that is the zeitgeist in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it definitely is. I mean, it's I mean, it's everybody just kind of sharing what they love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. The, so then. This is obviously this is future thinking future. So so. The Kickstarter has said that they're going to be doing Zine Quest in August. All right. So will you all, I know, will you, is this something, will you all be participating in Zine Quest? Uh, we will not. We've actually 
uh, sworn off Kickstarter. Um, for, <laughs> cold turkey. <laughs> yeah, cold turkey. <laughs> and, oh, what a withdrawal it's been. Um, <laughs> but it, uh, no, unless they... At first, I thought, at least I personally thought that, like, you know, oh, if they rescind what they said about the blockchain, then, you know, I'll come back. But after a while, like, it's not just the blockchain that's the problem with Kickstarter. Um, especially with this move to August, what's going to happen and what's going to kind of continue to happen is the argument they've made is that um, by moving ZineQuest, ZineQuest to August when a lot of like uh these bigger projects sort of roll in and a lot more money comes into Kickstarter that that money coming in is also going to s- go to the like smaller creators which is <laughs> yep not the case it will go to those larger projects as it always has mm-hmm. and that's not necessarily yeah like when they were uh like Gen Con and all that jazz like that money is not going to be like go to the like, small creators, and that's what they're going to yep. kind of keep doing. Mm-hmm. You know, ZineQuest was for small creators, and to see it just kind of pass over to like the Gen Con and like the big, shall we say, the big dogs. You know, yeah. If that's what they want to do, I don't want to be a part of it. Yeah, because let's be honest, the big dogs are not making zines. No, they're making books and modules and boxed sets and things of that nature they're not making zines yeah which we love to a degree yeah 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 we 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 own quite a few but (laughs) but um but it's not you know it's not going to help small creators and it's a burying the lead it's definitely not going to help small creators. I agree with you 100%. The when I mean you think about August last year, I mean that's when the Avatar Kickstarter hit and the it completely engulfed everything that was Kickstarter chatter. And we kind of saw a little bit of that last year during Zine Quest. I mean, I'm a you know, I am a fan of free league stuff, but when the the one ring was on Kickstarter during Zine Quest. Yeah. It definitely, it's it just kind of sucked all the energy mm-hmm. out of the air so much so. Yeah. So and unfortunately, kind of like you can be mad at either Free League or you can be mad at Kickstarter. But in my opinion, I think it's kind of more like, well, I think it's it takes two to tango. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I will say Kickstarter facilitated the take like facilitated them being able to just like blanket everything um and it was however it was free leagues you know it wasn't good of them to release that during that month yeah they had to have known, yeah. you know yeah and so that's the thing that i've seen which is makes me really glad for zine month i you just see the zines just get and the smaller people just get just kind of walked over a whole lot mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. Yeah, and anyway. you can't expect a company that makes millions and billions of dollars, you know, like, they don't care about small projects. They don't make that yep. much off them. They yeah. were going to want to support those big, yeah. big, big money makers. And Josh. acting like they do anything else, I think, is just will for a yeah, Which uh, actually does lead us to a small bit of, um, and this is very clear, like, on the site, on the Zemo site, uh, we are permitting kickstarters this year because it was about like you know nobody had time to like Mm -hmm. pivot or anything like that um but 
this will be the only year that Scene Month uses Kickstarter projects. Um, okay. And I will say it wasn't a popular, it was not a popular choice. Um, it was not an easy decision to make at all. Um, but it is also the safest and healthiest thing to do mm-hmm. moving forward. I, just looking now, if you were to go on our site for any of those who are, and it's not, it's not the creator's fault Mm-mm. necessarily. If you look at the Kickstarter run fundings, they are much higher than the ones that are on itch, the ones that aren't game found, the ones that aren't Indiegogo, they are much higher. And that's, that's not fair is what we're feel for like next year, you know, mm-hmm. even the playing field, you know, you, you know, that's just how we feel that we need to proceed. Yeah. So follow up then. So you all have kind of moved away from Kickstarter and Kickstarter won't be a part of Zine Month. All right. And that's, I mean, that's totally within your all's prerogatives to do that then. But what do you say to other indie creators then who need, who say they need Kickstarter you know, like this is their this is their livelihood. They're that it's like or not, it's part of the system. Um, what do you say to somebody who an indie creator who still needs Kickstarter then for their livelihood then? Well, and that was kind of like one of the biggest parts of like the education aspect of Zine Month. Um, especially like I will say, thankfully, right before all this like really kicked off, um, we got to go to PAX and we got to talk with like a lot of like people, I would say like very knowledgeable on the industry, know what they're talking about and have done perhaps nothing like this before, but they come from a place of wisdom, uh, including like Tony Facinda, mm-hmm. Vic to a degree, Joe. Um, and that was kind of the reason why like education became one of the core tenets of Zine Month was that there are ways outside of Kickstarter of like Kickstarter does give you a bit of an edge, but there are ways and it might be a little bit of work, unfortunately, but there are ways to get that funding, get that money to be blunt about it without it. And Mm -hmm. um, we wanted to make sure that like everything, every tool that you could possibly need in order to make sure that you get that funding is there on the table. And uh, so that's why we, you know, promoted, like, Itch, Indiegogo, GameFound, Game on Tabletop. Um, you know, we've been running workshops, interviews, et cetera, et cetera, to make up for the, dare I say, infrastructure that Kickstarter tried to fill in the community. No, I think that's, I, I think that's fair. I think it's just, it's going to take, it's going to take time. And I think people really need to just think about what Kickstarter is doing and think about what's best for them. And I think it'll just come down to, uh, I think for the time being, at least for the most part, I mean, I'm sure you all agree an individual decision for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it it comes down to, we're not here to judge anybody's Mm -hmm. decisions. This is the event we created. So we are going to run it as the best that we can. Mm -hmm. And that's simply what it's going to be yeah and we were very careful about like um we did not want to hurt anybody that was planning to use kickstarter Mm um so you know that's why we allowed it this year and that's why we were also very like you know when we came out with zine month we were not like fire and brimstone against kickstarter because (laughs) at the end of the day like yeah there are people who like 
perhaps can't take that risk, um, or et cetera, you know, whatever it may be. And it wasn't about hurting them. It was about basically saving people in a way that, you know, they could be comfortable being saved. Yeah, no, I mean, that's great. I didn't get that opinion. I didn't get that thought when I first started seeing Zine Month from you no, all. I definitely saw it as like, <laughs> hey, this is an alternative yeah. to uh, what we used to have on Kickstarter. So um, I'm just glad to see it. So then as we kind of wrap up this conversation, then is there... What other bits of inf- what's the what last bits of information do you think people need, whether it's a consumer or a creator, about Zine Month? Then, um, hmm. we promise next year we will have better guidelines. <laughs> they will be <laughs> much easier, much better, readily available. Um, the site we're going to continue to work on the site so it becomes a much smoother interface for everyone. Um, we're just two people. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. but, and people have been very kind and very understanding. And the emails, even when they have suggestions, have been very polite and very kind. And we appreciate that so much yes. because Charlie hates looking at the emails. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, his own emails too. It doesn't, yeah, that does, he doesn't differentiate. But, um, you know, we're, we're doing our best with this. It, it happened in a month. It happened in like a month. So, it's Forgive us, but please keep rooting for us going forward. <laughs> we promise to do our best. Um, for consumers, I would say, uh, you know, and this is not to like, it's not to be pedantic, but like, uh, like you know, check out Zine Month because you're going to find a lot of stuff that you wouldn't have found normally on Kickstarter or like, I don't want to like glorify it too much, but this is the space where the interesting things are happening. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the space where, you know, it might be five or 10 years down the line that some really important things will be discovered. Some really important things will be funded and you will find some very important creators and ideas. Um, so this is the place to look for it. Yeah, no, I think that's a good way to summarize it. Uh the I was just so glad that you all came on the show because, like y'all were saying, this happened so fast. Yes. All right. All of a sudden, I'm like, what is Zine Month? I feel like I have my ear to the ground on a lot of stuff. And I was like, where did this come from? I need to, part of the reason me having you on the show was that I just wanted to know what 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 is this? So <laughs> No, so I think this has been a really good conversation about not just Zine Month, but the industry as a whole. And I think we need to continue to have these conversations. So very much. So, yeah, no, thank you all so much for coming on the show. So as we wrap up, where can people find you on social media or the Internet? Uh, You can find my social media is mostly Alex Coggin Art. It's on Twitter. Uh, my Instagram is Zandra C ninety three, but you can find links everywhere to that. And then alexcoggin.hio. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm pretty active on Twitter right now. Uh, my username is Charlie Furgaves, or if you look up um, Charlie Rat Bastard, um, <laughs> you will find <laughs> my Twitter account. Uh, in addition to that, you can find my stuff and a lot of like our. Uh, all the stuff that's like been worked under the feral indie studio name on feral indie studio on itch.io. So um, I think that's about it. We are also 
you got some stuff on drive through RPG. You're yeah, on... sprinkled here and there. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, it's just mostly where we host the majority of our content. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's awesome. So thank you all uh, once again for coming on the show. We'll make sure to include all that stuff in our show notes. Uh, and listeners, you can definitely go check out uh, Zine Month. It's very, it's it's so simple to find. It's just zinemonth.com. <laughs> I got the URL. So easy. We're simple people. Yeah. <laughs> I love it so much. All right. Well, folks, thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you All for right. having really us. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. you. For having us. No problem. So, folks, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Bezcar Tom. Yes, it's Mandalorian Metal Tom. And you can also, you know, if you want to interact with us more, you can always join our Discord. Uh, remember that. That is a locked Discord. So shoot myself or Michael at the RPG Academy a message if you would like to join our Discord. So uh, thank you once again, Alex and Charlie. Uh, folks, go check out Zemon. And then as always, don't forget, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize. But there are expenses related to the show, and if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook or join our Discord where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.